this Sunday, as you know, we celebrated as Mission Sunday. Mission Sunday. That's an interesting uh, coin or name for a Sunday. Because every day truly is a Mission Sunday. Every day we're called to be missionaries. And we just thank God for the opportunity that we get to celebrate a holy God who allows us to be on mission with him. Would you help me? Because God has called us to bless others. So would you help me thank God for the choir and the praise team, our musicians, our media ministry, for leading us as we continue to worship him. Because God has been good to us. Okay, maybe some of us. Let me try it again. God has been good to us. And since God has been good to us, we celebrate him. We sing of his praises. And on this particular Sunday, we want to really uh, emphasize how God continues to use those who choose to believe in him, who live under the lordship of Christ, how God continues to use us to make a positive impact in the world today. Has God used you to do that this week? I hope so, because that's, that's our prayer, that God will continue to use us. And let me tell you something. Now, everyone you saw on the video uh, are, are members of this body. I just want to help you understand something as we celebrate missions, that, that God has blessed us, that this campus comp is comprised of over 11 different language groups that make up this body of Christ. Different nationalities, different cultures, a representation, if you would, of what it's going to be like when we get around the throne. Because God has called us all to be the body of Christ, and we celebrate that. We, we celebrate that on this Mission Sunday. And so I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles. If you have your Bibles with you, would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28? familiar passage of scripture that I want to read into your hearing, that I pray that God would allow us to hear it with fresh ears, that we'd hear it as God's invitation to us to join him in his work. Matthew chapter 28. And I'll begin reading at the 18th verse. It's when Jesus is speaking uh, to his disciples, particularly the 11, when he calls them together after the resurrection. He speaks to them, gives them some marching orders, as he do, does for you and I. In Matthew chapter 28, beginning at the 18th verse, hear the word of God. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That word nations is really ethnos in the Greek where we get our word ethnicity from. Go, and therefore, and make disciples of all ethnicities, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, Christ says, all that I have commanded you. And behold, King James says, and lo, I'll be with, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. This is our marching orders, to live in relationship with God as we grow in relationship with others. And on this Sunday, I want us to be challenged uh, to live the, the missionary life. 
That's our hope. That's my prayer for us, that we live a missionary life. How many of you, by show of hands, you know a missionary? How many of you? How many of you, by show of hands? Uh, look around. Not, not everybody seemed to know a missionary. It's okay. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Perhaps you didn't understand the question. Ronnie, I know sometimes I speak quickly, and people don't always hear it. Uh, and here's my disclaimer. I grew up with the rap culture, so if I flow a little too fast, uh, just, just do something. You know, t talk to me. I'll, talk back to me if you can. JT, good to see you, bro. Uh, that, that way I know that, that I'm, I'm catching you where you need to be. Juan, you, you with me here. You with me here. Uh, maybe I said it too quickly. Maybe you heard the question, Virgil, and it went too quickly. So let me try this again, but let me define it for us just for a moment, because anyone who lives under the Lordship of Christ, anyone who's been born again, anyone who has the Holy Spirit indwelling them is on mission with God. Uh, I hope you get this, that, that if you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you've said yes to Christ as your Lord and your Savior, the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you so that everywhere you go, God is with you, which makes you a missionary. So, by show of hands, do you know of a missionary? And, and you know at least one missionary. You know at least one missionary. Oh, praise God, praise God. You know at least one missionary. And, and the challenge is, is that we continue to be, or to live missionally, that we live missionary lives. And so today, um, I've invited um, just a, a few members of our congregation to come and help me in our dialogue of what it takes to live a missionary life. Come on, come on. I, I, have, I have the Blanfords and the, the Riveras. Why, why don't you all come on up, Blanfords and Rivera? Um, come on and join me on stage. Uh, come on, give them a hand clap as they come. Give them a hand clap. Give them a hand clap. You have Mark and Charlotte Blandford. God used them. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to sit down. I don't know if I can stay seated, but I'm going to try my best, okay? Uh, Mark and Charlotte Blanford, God used them as missionaries uh, in Thailand and also now missionaries here uh, in America. And Juan, um, God has used, uh, used you to, to I, I, was, I was practicing this, this word, Juan. Juan. Juan and Hilda, God has used you to, give, give me a hint, Charlotte. Yeah, what they said. Uh, in, in South America, South America, God, 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 God used you all You're as missionaries. You're struggling with that word, don't you? <laughs> I, I was struggling with it, right? But I got to be willing to make, make mistakes, right? Uruguay. Uruguay. Did I get it right? Oh, come on, y'all help me out here. I'm speaking a third language. Look at this. <laughs> and so God has used them. Um, and, and I want them to share with us, share with you, um, how God done, has done that. And so, uh, so uh, from South America in Uruguay, uh, um, is this still right? I, I'm working on it, bro. I'm working on it. Uh, God, God, I can see you sweating. You can see me. Huh? You see, you can see I'm, working on it, I'm working on it. But God used you all in, in a mighty way. Why don't you share with us um, about that, that experience, what, what, how God has called you to that part of the mission field? Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting, that question, because... Uh, um, when we uh, arrived to Uruguay in 2011, for those of you that are not familiarized, uh, Uruguay is a very small country, the second small, smallest country in South America, uh, behind Ecuador, and it's in the middle, in between Brazil, two giants, Brazil and Argentina. So Uruguay is right here. And uh, it's a very small country of only 3.2 million people. And uh, when we arrived at uh, in Uruguay in September 2011, 
we thought we, we arrived there as a family, I mean, with my wife and my two kids. Um, parenthesis, one of my kids is right there. Annie, please. <laughs> she got there when she was almost five years old and with uh, her brother, David, that is in the, in the youth uh, life group, and he was seven. Right now she's almost 15 and, and my son is 16. And you can ask them how do they feel in terms of what nationality they embrace the most, they say Uruguay. So, <laughs> yeah. And when we arrived there, we thought at the moment that um, the, the work that we were going to do were, was very close in terms of ministering professionals or even college people uh, since we are both professionals. And we thought about that in the very beginning, but God is an expert changing plans. And we ended up uh, ministering them in a two-fold process. One of them was to minister um, small children in the slums, and another part of it was to minister marriages and families overall in terms of restoring their relation as couple, as father, as parents and children, uh, children and parents and, and all that. So that was totally different from what we, what we thought we were, was going to be our plan. I, I love what you said, man. God, God is a master at changing plans. Absolutely. That might be a word for somebody right now who think they have their lives planned out already. Uh, that God, God is a master. He, he orchestrated your life, that he positioned you and used you for a higher purpose in an area that, that you weren't auto automatically familiar with. He'll do that. He'll do that. Uh, and, and, and Mark, uh, Charlotte, uh, you, you all were born in America, right? No? 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 Well, tell us about your story. Tell us how, how God used you all. I met my lovely bride in college here in Houston. Uh, I was a missionary kid from Thailand. She was a missionary kid from Nigeria. And uh, we met here, got married, and we had a heart for missions. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, shortly after we got married, we applied to the uh, International Mission Board to be missionaries, and they looked at us, and they interviewed us, and they said, well, we think you should wait a while. And so uh, we settled down in Albuquerque. I was an engineer working for our uh, national laboratory, and uh, we were there 25 years. And the last 14 or so, I was um, minister of music and education as well at a small Baptist church bivocationally. And one year, we went on a mission trip to Thailand. Now, if you're comfortable where you are, you may not want to go on a mission trip because uh, you'll see God at work and it'll change your life. Mm. And, uh, and so we went on a mission trip and they had us working in the Thai prisons. We would go into a prison and uh, a group of us, we would sing a mini concert. We would um, give our testimonies, share a gospel message. And there may be an audience of like three to 500 prisoners there. And, uh, and we would give an invitation who was interested in uh, knowing more about God and, and receiving Christ. And half the people would raise their hands. Mm. And I thought, this is not the Thailand I remember where Thai people were not interested in American God. Uh, they were Buddhist, thank you, happy. And I saw that and I, I remembered what Henry Blackaby said, if you see somebody interested in spiritual things, it's the spirit of God working in them. Mm. And uh, I thought the Spirit of God is working right here powerfully in, in the Thai prisons. And the other thing Blackaby had said was that 
when God reveals to you where he's at work, it's his invitation for you to come join him. Wow. And uh, I talked to Charlotte, we talked to the director of the prison ministry, and we prayed. We felt like God was saying, this is your opportunity to get involved where the Spirit of God is moving. And so we applied right away again to the International Mission Board and um, ended up not coming with the Mission Board, but in uh, 2011, no, excuse me, 2011 is when you, in 2005, <laughs> we went as self-supported volunteers to work alongside the IMB team in Bangkok, uh, working directly with the prison ministry. Lord had given us some engineering consulting work I could do in the evenings and then spend our days doing mission work in the Thai prisons. Wow. Wow. Only God could do that. Yeah. Only God could. could and and by the way, our son was in college at Texas Tech. He's, he's right over here. That's Jonathan. You know That's Jonathan, something I'm Kristen, and their kids. I'm learning and, something uh, here. Missionary kids always got to wave when they're in the congregation. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, but but we, we left him with his friends in college, and we, we sold our house and sold our cars and moved to Thailand. Wow. As a child of God, you put your yes on the altar, and you, you followed God. So, so what are some, some uh, I know you may have a whole bunch of stories. I, I, I'm sure, you know, when you step out to, to trust God to that degree uh, and you see God at work, what, what, is, what is one of those, those stories, one of the amazing stories where you saw God working uh, while you're out there on the mission field? Uh, well, um, when we were there uh, working with kids, uh, it was uh, a blessing for us just to see kids um, hearing the, the gospel and uh, how the Holy Spirit uh, worked uh, on them. Mm. So every, uh, we were giving like uh, Sunday school, but yeah. what Saturday, like it's Saturday Bible school. <laughs> so every Saturday, the kids were waiting for us to mm -hmm. be there. If for any reason we couldn't go, they were very sad because oh. every Saturday uh, they were waiting for us. So for us, uh, it was a blessing to serve the Lord then. And a little part of our heart is still there in mm. Uruguay. And until day we continue uh, chatting with the kids Nowadays, they are teenagers, and yeah. some of them are still in, uh, serving the church. Oh, wow. wow. And I, I think we have some pictures of that, um, of your service there. Yeah, yeah basically, it was, uh, yeah, that's one of them. The, basically, we were working on, uh, with children of slums. So, yeah, you could see them by the infrastructure of, uh, of that house. Um, it was, it was a blessing because definitely after considering that when we moved to Uruguay, we were living in my home country, Puerto Rico, and uh, we were having a very good lifestyle as in here in the States, basically the same, you know, with comfort, uh, good jobs, good cars, um, a good house and all that, we, like a normal family. So you have to be willing to be humbled. Mm. You have to be willing to be, I mean, get, uh, to, be, to get out of that comfort zone. 
to on, only because thinking in two things. You are doing the Lord's will and you are winning souls for his kingdom. Mm. That's the most amazing gift that he could give us. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And you could see that in the, in, the, in, the, in the faces of these children. Indeed. And, and, and that's our assignment still, uh, as it was your assignment there. And when we're sensitive to what God is doing, we get to see God at work. Uh, Charlotte, Mark, tell me, how, wh what, what is the story that you all, uh, where you saw God at work when you were on a mission field in Thailand? I asked my grandkids last night which story I should tell, and they said, oh, Grandma, practice on us. <laughs> One of my um, favorite stories of seeing God at work, when we were in Thailand, uh, we worked um, with Christian prison ministry in drug prisons. And in this particular one, which is the central drug prison in Bangkok, it is a maximum security prison, and they have a maximum security section of the maximum security. Wait, and wait, it is wait, where... Wait, 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 that's a lot of maximums. Um, it so, was a lot of gates to go through and body pat-downs, let me tell you. And so these prisoners, you said, were, were... Were drug lords. Wow. They were in there for life. They had enough money to buy and sell any of the guards, which really put us going in as volunteers in a scary position. Mm. But um, the warden of that particular prison had been a warden of another prison. And he had seen how God had changed the lives of prisoners in his previous prison. These drug lords could buy and sell any guard. If they liked the guard, a pickup could be on their front doorstep the next day. Or if they didn't, something bad might happen to their families. It's scary. These guys could do anything, and when they would go in to do shakedowns, to look for contraband and stuff, they would fight with the guards. There was always contraband. It was bad. They, were t they had removed every privilege they could possibly have trying to gain control of these men, as 100 men, um, and um, it was out of control. So the warden calls Ashan Suntorn, who's the Thai pastor of the Christian Prison Ministry, and he said, you've changed lives before. God has changed lives before. This guy's not a Christian. God has changed lives before. I want you to come into my prison and fix this problem. He said, sure, we'll show up with our art teacher. Wow. And I think we have a picture of that as well, don't we? We do have a picture of that. That's a maximum security prison. It's a maximum security prison. The stripes on the sleeves indicate they are lifers. Mm. They will not get parole. Of the 30 of their worst that they gave us to do the class, now you got to understand, these guys are bored to tears. We are their entertainment, so we entertained them. We made them get up and do making melodies in your... These guys were up there dancing. Wow. And we did art classes, and we did Bible classes. One of the things that struck me was a 25-year-old. He's a lifer. Mm. He's a billionaire drug dealer. He's in there for life. And when they would share the Bible, I had heard the term hungry eyes, but I had never seen it before. It was like he was trying to pull the words of life out of their mouths to receive it to himself. It was, it was absolutely incredible. 
We were only there for, what, two months? Going in there twice a week. Of the 30 men, 18 made professions of faith. Mm. God was at work. There was one guy there, a Chinese drug lord, who had received Christ at another prison and been transferred in. He was the only Christian. And now he had a church Mm. to be a leader of. And it was absolutely incredible. They closed it down because there were rumors that something was going to happen if the teacher came in next. But a couple months later, the the warden called Ajahn Suntorn, and he said, you won't believe this. I've never seen this. We had a shakedown. There was no fighting. They were polite with the guards, and there was no contraband. Mm. You know, it's, it's always encouraging when we hear stories of how God transformed lives, how he, he changes lives, and how he uses us, uses us as we are willing to be used as instruments to, to help others know him. But I, I, I'm really gripped right now as I consider how profound God's love is that God would love kids in a slum, orphans and broken homes, and God would love drug lords in a prison, and God would love us. That, that, that helps us when we think about what God wants to do through us. Uh, you remember the, the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then he says, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If I could share one more thing. Certainly. After we had been there a while, we came back to Houston on one of our visits. I had never been in a megachurch before. And we went to a Christmas program, uh, Easter program here in Houston at a megachurch. And the trumpets and the choir and the decorations and stuff. And I just started crying. My guys only had me and Mark and our team to tell them about Christ. We're not trained. We're not pastors. We're not, you know, great people. And here was all this talent, all this elegance, all this resources and they just had us, mm. and it broke my heart. Yeah. I think it also breaks the heart of God because God wants to use all of us, not just to support missionaries, and we, ought, we should, we do support missionaries and missionary work, but I'm convinced that there's some missionary work right here where God has, has placed us. I mean, Houston, the, 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 the fourth largest city in America, the number one most diverse city in America. And as I try to consider, you know, what would compel you to, 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 to go and what would compel you to go? What can we learn that would help us be able to go? To go across the street, 
What, 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 what is that motivation? Um, it's all about caring for the needy. Mm. Um, I mean, in the same way that God lets you to see the people that is next door on your front yard, your own street, that is needy for the healing gospel of Jesus Christ, is the same God that open your eyes and your heart to see that more beyond your comfort zone or where you live or where you move at. Mm. So, and it's all about, I mean, missions is all about creating healthy and genuine relationships with people. It takes time. Probably most of you could set some sort of flashback in the sense of, okay, right now I have a good friend who is here or there or whatever, and how long it took for, uh, for me to develop that trusted relationship? Probably took a little while, but some, somebody could say, no, it took a while. Mm. Especially if that people, if that person is untrust, untrusted, un, untrusting, at first glance, and that's something that, for example, in our case, that happened too much when we were in Uruguay. Uruguay is a very uh, secular and the most atheist uh, country of South America. A very small percentage of, of born again Christians, right there. And at first glance, they are untrusting, mm. um, especially when expats approach to them. And they, you know, and they want to show a true relationship of friendship. So, you know, that that really takes time, but that's your one of the most higher motivations that you have when you are, uh, you know, when you want to be used by, uh, by by the Lord for His kingdom, for His glory. Indeed, okay. indeed, and and authentic relationships. We have opportunities to have authentic relationships even here, uh, cross-cultural relationships. Mark, Charlotte, what, what, what are some things we can do as, as missionaries here? Well, uh, let me ask you this. How many here have been on a mission trip? Any? All right. This church sends out a lot of mission trips, and you have lots of opportunities to go. Uh, one thing I noticed that when we're on the mission field, we're much more likely to step out of our comfort zone and to share the gospel because that's why we're there, mm. right? I mean, otherwise, why did I come if I'm not going to do what I came to do? Uh, but when we get back here, we get back to life as normal and we get involved in our little things and, and we don't see the opportunity, we don't look for the opportunities to share the gospel like we did on the field. And um, uh, what it struck me as, um, when Jesus was sent to earth, he was sent by the Father to seek and to save the lost. He was on mission here on earth. And he was very aware of that. And he planted that mission in his disciples. And, and before he left, he says, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you to seek and to save the lost. And when we come to Christ and he gives us his spirit, it's not just to make us feel good, but he's given us a mission as well to seek and to save the lost. And 
when we come to him, we become aliens and strangers in this world. We're like, we're in a different culture now. Uh, we're, we're in a mission field. And we're not home. We'll get home one day to be with the Lord. Yeah. But right now, we're on mission. And so if we get that sense of, why am I here? Oh, yes, I'm here for one purpose. And that is to be on mission for the Lord and to share the gospel and, and pray, look for opportunities, pray for opportunities, pray for boldness, uh, to build relationships. It takes time. Right in our neighborhood, we have a family from Albania. We have a Roma gypsy family. We have families from South America, from Central America. Uh, all over, we have Hispanics, we have Indians, we have blacks. Just in your cul-de-sac. Just in our own neighborhood of 100 houses. Wow. And, and God has brought the mission field to us. And you know, it's not comfortable to cross cultural barriers, to, to build friendships with people who don't speak English very well. But we have opportunity now. And, and uh, we've got the commission from God, uh, go and make disciples. We have the opportunity. All that's lacking is our saying, here am I, send me. Hmm. And that is the invitation that we have. See, God's people are to live intentionally on God's mission. That's everywhere. That's, that's as a congregation, that's uh, in your own community, in your family. God wants to use you. The question I have for you to consider this morning is, will you say yes? If you can, just, just stand all over the building if you're able to. And I want to invite you to answer that question to God. In prayer, can God use you? Will you say yes? Will you say yes to living the missional life? If you can, just bow your heads all over the building. And I'm going to read this passage over you. And then Mark and Charlotte and Juan will lead us in a prayer time. Christ said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Lord, we don't know how. We feel like we're just ordinary people. But, Lord, we have your commission. We have your spirit. And I pray that you would give us the burden for one or two families, one or two people that we know, to build that relationship with the intent of leading them to you. Gracious Father, our creator and the one who loves us, the one who loves all men made in your image, Father, give me and give us the heart to see them as you see them. Lord, for those, those like the prodigal son who have wandered away, help us, the son that has stayed home, 
to have the heart of the Father to go and find our brother and bring him home. Lord, help me to be willing to step out of my comfort zone. Help me to be willing to be uncomfortable in talking with people. Lord, give me your heart so that I can see people and love them the way that you do. Dear Father, I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for this blessing, for this opportunity, and for the greatest gift that you can give us, and is to be used by you, to be your servants, to be your stewards, wherever you put us, in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, in our Samaria, and even up to the ends of the earth. And I pray, dear Lord, that in the same way you have used so much people in the present and in the past to be willing to leave everything here, their comfort, their pleasures, their worldly pressures, pleasures, and to be willing to be used by you. Whatever you want to put them to be your witness. Oh Lord, that in this way they could understand that not only you are our Savior, you are also our <clears throat> supreme and sovereign God. And you do as whatever you want and however you want. Dear Lord, that's my prayer. Please, at least one, at least one person here in this auditorium that you could touch to do your will. In the name of Jesus. So make us your witnesses. Empower us to go forward. That we might have eyes to see what you'd have us to see. A heart to love where you've called us to. And that others may come to know you and your love for them. It's our prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.